Oh, Ren, before we go Yaxmas caroling, I have something for you. What are you up to? Nothing. It's a present. A present? Well, I couldn't afford to buy you a Christmas present, so I made you one. Oh, thanks, pal. You know, Stimpy, it's the thought that counts. And besides, if you made my present, that makes it all the more special. Okay, Ren, here's your present. Wow! Catchables! Or the rug I go with a mouth all full of fuzz. Oh, yeah. Burying your shoe neath the pile of scuzz. Nice one on my head and another mound over there. Hey, let's make a three-piece suit of this freshly wharfed up hair. Oh, cat hair balls, cat hair balls all over the place. Don't look now, here one comes, smack right in your face. Wharf! Cat hair balls, cat hair balls, get them while they're hot. Hello and welcome to episode 124 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is December 24th, 2018. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones 2. We are both of McFlugel.com. Merry Christmas, everyone. We'll be releasing this on uh, December 24th, Christmas Eve, which is the day we are recording. Recording a little bit earlier today so we can do all of our Christmas things. Uh, so show notes page for this episode will be mcflugel.com slash 124. Uh, check out libertymugs.com. By the time we rele- uh, release this episode, you will have hours to minutes to get 15% off your order at libertymugs.com with coupon code CHRISTMAS. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Slappy, and he's going to introduce our episode. Thank you, Rallo. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, today is our... Christmas episode. So, uh, Rallo, for your Christmas, your libertarian Christmas, what do you want for Christmas? A tractor. Tractor. All right. Okay. Now I'll be serious. And, uh, I am going. Oh, okay. I was going to return the fruitcake I bought. And did you actually buy that fruitcake you took a picture of? No, I didn't. Why? <laughs> I, well, I actually, th- I, as I was walking around the store, I was like, why don't I just buy it? I should just get it and try it because I've ne- actually never eaten fruitcake before. Well, I made a bunch uh, last night and uh, I uh, ate a lot of it. Turn out. Yeah. What'd you say I missed? <laughs> no, I said, how'd it turn out? Oh, well, well, go, well it, the thing looks yeah. like thing weighed about a ton. Yeah. A yeah. My, mine is very dense. Uh, I, I was worried uh, when it came out of the oven that I, I had uh, too much fruit and nut to cake ratio because it is there's not much cake relative to everything else. Is it else. dried fruit in there? What do you put in there? It's mostly candied fruit. Yeah. So it's uh, candied cherries, pineapple, uh, candied lemon peel, and then I couldn't find candied orange peel, so I made my own. Huh. Uh, and then there's walnuts, pecans, almonds raisins uh i, I don't know it. wait and you actually like this stuff or is this yeah, just a like, stick or what oh no it's it's one of my favorite things to eat okay 
It is so good. And and that Clax- Claxton fruitcake is the... Uh, the gold standard? Yes. And so I try <laughs> the Bitcoin standard now. That's how much, that's how great it is. Uh, and I, that's what I, I, I made it. I didn't use a recipe for fruitcake this year. I feel like I am uh, strong enough in my understanding of fruitcake and Claxton that I tried to do my best to kind of recreate a Claxton fruitcake. Cause I went it's on the web. Possible. It's not possible. It's not possible, but <laughs> it's kind of close. And I think this is the best fruitcake I've, I've made. Um, there's four loaves. The one was a little bit overcooked cause I, I had the temperature too high, uh, for a little bit, but, uh, no, it's, uh, it's dense. It is a lot of stuff in there. And it's got a nice dark color. It's dense and, and uh, intense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I went on Claxton's website to kind of just get an idea of their ingredients and just went from there. So I didn't, it was all out of my head. Made a uh, pound cake base, which is easy because those uh, pound cake sure. is just one to one to one to one ratio of ingredients. And then, uh, I don't think I put, I forgot to put salt in, I think. Oh, well. But uh and then I added just a bunch of dark corn syrup in there. Try to cool. get that get that cake sticky and yeah. sugary and I don't well, I don't feel the greatest right now because of all that I ate last night and then I was eating it out of the oven cuz I couldn't wait for it to my time preference was too high. So you're supposed to let it like cool and not but be But you didn't. No. You started, so I wanted to taste it. I want to make sure it was okay. And but anyway, like like a lot of foods, it needs time to settle down, and the flavor changes a lot once it uh once it cools to room temperature. So I was I was much happier with it when I came down this morning, like a little kid on Christmas morning, checking to see how my fruitcake turned out. You need so you made fruitcake yesterday. Yeah, last night. Nice. So this was after Saint Nick. Had yeah. a- <laughs> big win for the birds yep and and after the uh after the flyers had a big win too before yeah. the break yeah so, so why why not make some fruitcake sounds good you got eagles winning the flyers winning fruitcake at rollo's house the philadelphia area is just perfect for christmas right now absolutely and also i i grilled uh grilled some ribeye for dinner last night so excellent just just all around good Sunday, but uh, yeah, but, no. So if if I'm going to be serious, about what, I want. And what else? What's that? Tractor fruit cake and what else? Oh, eggnog. Eggnog. I bought some eggnog, and that's ooh. eggnog. Uh, eggnog fruit I, I haven't had. That's another meal. thing. I haven't had eggnog in about twenty years, and I used to think it was like I liked it. I but you know, it can only have a little bit of it. It's so thick. Yeah, I didn't like it at first when I was younger, and then uh, I just. I don't think I, I don't know if I liked fruitcake when I first had it, but I still haven't had it. I, I, that is one thing I will say. If I see a fruitcake anywhere on the next couple of days over Christmas, I'm going to try it. I mean, there's probably a good chance I'm going to make this happen. So, <laughs> well, all right. So anyway, seriously, you're you're libertarian Christmas. Yeah, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Two front teeth. Tractor. No, I actually eggnog. <laughs> yep. It's a good Christmas. 
I didn't pull. I didn't actually pull bait and switch on you. I did actually have some ideas of things to talk about. For I was going to say, no. right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was just. So, what are we going to talk about? Right, what we want for Christmas? You have stuff? actually, yeah. yeah. We decided this topic about I don't know what forty five minutes ago. Yeah. Okay. So, so I have I have two things I want for Christmas. One is for the libertarian movement, and one is just for everyone for the world because I'm I'm so generous. So, what do you want first? Um, let's hear about what you want for everyone. Okay. I want to hear how generous you are. Yeah. Well, this is extremely generous. What I want for the world is sound money. Um, you know, you ask people, you know, what's one thing that you could have for the world to make it a better place. And people have, you know, normally good ideas. They say they want to end war. They want to do this. Uh, they want to end poverty. They want to cure diseases. All, all very good things. But uh, I think the root cause of all these problems, and, and I can't take credit for figuring this out on myself, by myself, uh, because uh, Safedina Moose's book, The Bitcoin Standard, does a very good job of uh, explaining why the lack of sound money over the past however many years uh, has really caused the degeneracy that we see in the world today. Uh, so when you combine that with uh, what he talks about in the book with uh, Hans Hermann Hoppe's uh, discussions on time preference in God, the democracy that fails, when you kind of combine those two ideas, those two books, uh, which really complement themselves, each, or the, each other, by the way, uh, you, you just start to kind of see the big picture and uh, that it's not just central banks. Um, that call like the federal reserve, the federal reserve is a problem, but even if the federal reserve is the symptom of the problem, the federal reserve does a lot of terrible things. It helps, uh, helps inflate the money supply. It, it allows governments to, to fight unending wars. It gives the government the ability to just, uh, you know, have the, have the printing press that allows it to spend money on whatever it wants without having to try to convince it's uh it's subjects to pay higher taxes so they do this you know they, they want to fund the war it's going to last forever and uh you know they cost a lot of money and if they had to go to their their population and say hey we're gonna have to raise your taxes by 20 percent that's not going to be a very popular popular thing it doesn't matter what your political views are no one likes to get taxed people like to say they do but no one actually likes to get taxed. So that's kind of a, a non-starter for governments, or at least it's got to be something that's very uh, very temporary or, or very popular goal they want to achieve. Look at what's happening in France with these uh, gas taxes. I mean, they're, they're literally... <laughs> actually, they're using tractors to throw poop at cops. It's great. There's a lot of tractor action going on in Paris, and I salute thee for that. Uh, so what, the, what they do is that since they have central banks that control the money supplies, they can, uh, increase the supply of money that goes right to government and their friends that, so they can afford all this stuff and the negative effects don't get seen by the population until later on as that money enters into the rest of the supply and, uh, drops the purchasing power of the money. Uh, that's that's just a result of the uh, 
kind of the, the physical properties that we've used as money before. Gold was the best money that we ever had, but even that had its problems. Uh, it had because it's difficult. It's actually kind of difficult to transport. It's it's difficult for banks to do large settlements uh, because gold is heavy. Uh, it's and and so to transport a lot of it, um, it's really expensive because you've got something of high value and it becomes a target for for people that want to steal it. So. Um, even in small amounts, gold is very good for transporting, but in large amounts, it's, it's really expensive. It's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. And so it creates a, it creates a system where, uh, only central places are going to hold it. And then they can just have balance sheets to, uh, write against it everywhere else. So when you have that, um, it becomes a lot easier and, uh, the temptation grows to, uh, to fractional reserve banking off of it and then which makes sense right um although i'm not i, I mean i i used to think that fractional reserve banking was oh it's just, it's just a function of the free market it's fine but I, I don't know that it's actually that fractional reserve banking is is should happen in a healthy environment um but again this was just I'm not well, trying to be uh, super critical of, of everyone in the past. It's just, it's what the, <laughs> what the market bears. Well, the money. What about, have. what about on um, like, I see, I think I would agree on demand deposits, right? Like if I put my money in the bank and want to take it right out, but what if there's a, a financial product, like an annuity where you, I, I give you one Bitcoin and then I get, you know, one and a half Bitcoin out in 10 years and and you can't touch it in 10 years yeah without a surrender charge or something you know like yeah. you can pull it out but there'd be a surrender charge that's a different kind of product i'm not asking someone to hold my money right um and so in that case they would be taking my one bitcoin and lending it out to other people so that they could get the half bitcoin to pay me back in 10 years right yeah i mean there's certain instruments like the, the, yeah the the checking accounts right that gets inflated i mean that's just that's just written written on a line on a, on a ledger, something like a, a certificate of deposit or like an annuity, that, like you said, those are fine. Like those aren't, well, they, they may be a little bit, I don't know. I don't know exactly the inner workings of the uh, existing banking structures now, but theoretically you don't need to, uh, and even in practice, you wouldn't need to uh, inflate the money supply to do that because you're locking the money in. You're agreeing um, that, uh, you're going on under contract. I give you one Bitcoin and in 10 years, I got a Bitcoin and a half out of it. Uh, I am relying on the fact or trusting that you're not going to go insolvent between now and 10 years from now. So there's risks right. involved with it. This idea that you can put money into banks without risk that, and, and that you're going to get a return on it is insane. Absolutely. Um, there's also other, all sorts of other problems with this. Uh, with this system is that now because there's inflation, the purchasing power of my money is diminishing. And so just to, just to retain the purchasing power and not lose wealth due to inflation, um, the average person has to get involved in things like the stock market, uh, which in order to companies, they have no idea about. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to speculate or invest in something, um, 
it doesn't make sense just to like do 10 minutes of research and be like, oh, I like this stock and throw money into it. Uh, you, if you want to speculate, you have to have some sort of knowledge that, that it's going to, that you're very confident it's going to improve in value. Otherwise you're just kind of guessing. And, and, and that doesn't like, if you think about it, just guessing and throwing money at something doesn't make sense at all. Well, people do it in casinos all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. That's for entertainment. Yeah. It's the purpose of that is for entertainment. Um, and there are people in casinos. I mean, you get really good at it and you can count cards. You can get a competitive advantage there. And that's why they'll, they'll kick you, get you a out. Statistical they, advantage. Yeah. That's why they'll kick you out if they figure out that you're doing it. Um, and, and two, it, it incentivizes uh, projects and, and companies that actually aren't that productive, but they're productive enough that they can kind of match inflation. Uh, but in but it, but they're not very solid. So it's uh it's just not a good system at all. And then once you have once you have sound money that the governments can't get their their greasy hands on and inflate, then uh, then you return to a uh, a society and economy where people are saving, where people are. Uh, Making better decisions overall because the, you can't just uh, where capital investment comes from delayed consumption, right? As right. opposed to fractional reserves. Yeah, when you delay consumption, it's making you know it's you're dropping your time preference, and that uh, that tends to have other effects in the rest of your life. When you start uh, delaying your gratification, um, it helps you make better decisions in life uh, a good example of this with bitcoin was with the silk road was that as we know the silk road was used for you know drug trade and uh and you needed bitcoin to transact on it that was the the medium of exchange there and so what some people were doing is they okay let me go buy bitcoin to, to buy my drugs whatever but they saw that bitcoin was appreciating in value so much and they said well wait a second like if i just hold this bitcoin Instead of spending it on on these drugs, I can make some money, and so it helped people not use drugs as much because they saw that if they didn't take, if they just held their money instead of taking drugs, they'd be better off, they'd be wealthier in the long run. Um, so you look at a situation like that and you say, "Wow, that's even just like as individuals, it's uh, just a couple people. That's that's pretty amazing. Just imagine if an entire economy." For an entire world, we're doing that. How much more productive we would be overall. So that's what I want for the world. So basically, I want I want Bitcoin to become money. It's my roundabout way of uh, of saying that. Slappy, what would you like for Christmas for the world? For the world. Um... I actually wasn't thinking of getting the world anything. Oh, well, you're selfish. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have so. Huh. I mean, for the, you know, you can never go wrong by talking about ending the wars. And, and um, like Trump recently said, pulling out of Syria and potentially Afghanistan. And I'm not going to believe it till it happens. But um, 
you know, I think that would be a really great start. Yep. Um, I don't know what to think about that. I don't know. Do you have thoughts on that? Have you followed the story at all? Not really. Um, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm aware of it. It's one of those things where it's like, all right, like you said, I'll believe it when I see it. I hope it's it's like the it's like so many times. I think Obama didn't Obama quote unquote take the troops out of Afghanistan, but he they not, left they yeah, left all of the left contractors like- and and everybody else in there. So it was like the uh, what you would cons- normally consider the army or whoever was gone, right. but there was still the you know, U.S. was still heavily involved and mired in Afghanistan. So I hope it's not a situation like that. I hope it's like, hey, we're we're completely withdrawing. Uh, we're getting well, out of there. You never know what could happen, too. I mean, you know what you know what's going to happen if, say, they pull any troops out, and make a big deal out of it, and try to get a political win by pulling troops out. Immediately, the you know, one side's going to say how everything's going to hell in that country since we pulled out, and we have to go back in. Right. I mean, you already see it from you know the Ben Shapiro's of the world, as well as like Hillary Clinton saying it's dangerous to pull troops out. Yeah, that's been insane. What's so the, it's not like, yeah, I mean, say say Trump does pull troops out. It's not like they're going to come back and be like, oh, no, we were wrong. It was perfectly fine to do it. Like, they're going to double down. They're going to say they were right the whole time, and this is what happens when you do it. So I actually have no confidence, no faith in this ever actually happening or these wars ending anytime soon. But would be nice. Well, it's nice that Trump's actually going out and saying this kind of stuff. That it was kind of what candidate Trump was. How often do we see a candidate, whoever, talk this great big game like Bush and Obama were the uh, the uh, the what's it called? Uh, non-interventionist, softer foreign policy, and, and then we saw what happened when they got around the world. Yeah, and it didn't work. Trump was kind of the same thing, although he was a little bit more gregarious, I guess, in the way he said it. And then he gets in and he does the same thing as Obama. So it's nice to see. It's, at least he's paying lip service to something and hopefully maybe triggering some ideas in his head. Maybe, maybe the ma- that's, that's what's so frustrating I, I was about to say something and I don't, I don't even know if I believe it because you look at the response to all this stuff and all the leftists, liberals, progressives, Democrats, whoever, all these anti-Trump people, who are supposed to be the anti-war people and they are all over Trump for suggesting getting out of these places. Yeah, And it's disgusting. Like they're just anti-Trump. They're, they're no better than the alt-right that are just reactionaries. I mean, these people are just reactionary to the reactionaries. Um, and it's just, that's, that's my Christmas present that I want to give to the, the people of the United States was, uh, actually believing in something and sticking to your principles and they don't even have to be for right now because i'm not trying to uh to ask for the for the entire world here on a plate in front of me they don't even have to be principles i agree with just like what are your principles if you're anti-war be anti-war don't just have it so obviously be about whoever is president or whatever is politically convenient and if you're in favor of uh guns and gun rights don't, you know, just as soon as Trump says he wants to ban guns, uh, bump stocks, say, oh, well, actually, I think that's uh, there's no reason to have a bump stock. Be pro gun. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, both sides. Nice. It's, it's, it's nice. ridiculous. 
Um, so I was going to say, it's like, I hope maybe the MAGA crowd, at least all the, the wild Trump supporters, maybe take a, a little bit of an anti-war stance, but it's just because Trump is, I mean, that's why I don't want to actually say that because it's not, doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But hopefully it, it, while that's true, hopefully it just triggers some thinking, some thoughts into these people's heads. Because, hey, if I can go from being a typical Republican, let's turn this place into a parking lot kind of person, to being completely anti-war like I am now, I think anybody can do it. There's no, there's not, there's not some special potion I took. It was you, you never took that potion. Oh wait, is there such a thing? I thought that was fruitcake and eggnog. Oh. Or yeah, the no. tractor fumes. So <laughs> I work on the tractor and don't open the garage. Um, I completely agree with you. And that's really what I'm thinking because I, I have no faith or you know, that this is actually going to happen. But hopefully it makes people think. Yeah, that's that's what we want. We want to have that little little idea pop in their head that starts bugging them. That they say, yeah, I believe this thing, whatever, whatever I'm getting excited about, but it doesn't doesn't match up against these other things I have. Like, what's wrong here? And uh, I don't expect that thought to mature and develop fully instantly. But I just hope that they don't snuff, figure out a way to snuff that little flame out. And it just grows and grows until they reach a point. And they just say, yeah, you know what? I was wrong. This is ridiculous. What are we doing? And that's actually one of the reasons I want people to be able to do that is because having that experience is one of the most freeing things in the world. Like the world starts making so much more sense. You get clarity. It uh, it becomes you feel better <laughs> because mm-hmm. now 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 you can start seeing things and and. You know, the world makes more sense. It's funny looking back and thinking about the things that used to get me upset, like in politics. I mean, I was pretty much then this is going back a ways. But uh, anytime Barack Obama, no, I mean, even Barack Obama, but like Bill Clinton and the the Clintons and um, Harry Reid and whoever else, the Democrats, they used to just get me so upset. And then it's like you realize more what's going on and you just kind of whatever. I mean, it still upsets me, but. Yeah, I remember you, like you know, it's like I don't get fired up when a Democrat says something and get excited when a Republican says something or vice versa. It's just like you're all frauds. You're all on the same team. Yeah, imagine like now whenever Nancy Pelosi's or Elizabeth Warren says something, I laugh at them. Yeah. Like imagine not you being able to just your reaction be laugh, laughing yeah. at them and that you're that it like bothers you, that you get upset. That like you can't It's not healthy. Yeah. And not that they're doing stuff that shouldn't bother you, like when they're going out and you know murdering people in the Middle East. That should bother you, but um, that's not what I was getting upset about before when they right. were saying it was just like, oh, our liberals are wrong. So they're making us dangerous or more dangerous or le- whatever, whatever it is. You're making society more dangerous, or we're going to fall apart, or they just love welfare, or, you know, whatever. Who knows? Whatever else I used to think. Yeah. Okay, so do you have a, a gift idea for libertarians? Sure, maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a, more of a New Year's resolution type thing. 
But, you know, we've been talking a lot about Bitcoin in the past year. And and that's kind of what I want is focusing on things that make more an immediate impact. Because we like to talk, I mean, libertarians all, we all like to read and talk about theories and ideas and ways that the world could work. And that's fun doing. We do that on the show a lot. We talk about how things could work in a stateless society. But I think I want to focus more on things that are tangible, like right now that can make an immediate impact being like two things that come to mind are Bitcoin and jury nullification. Um, yeah, we, we talked about Bitcoin and what that can do and in and, and having sound money and what that can do for the world. Um, another one is jury nullification because you make an immediate impact on someone's life right there at that time when they're, when they're not guilty. Um, and that's something I've been thinking a lot about recently and something I want to focus on. I think that should be what I want is that to be a, a viable option for a lot of people. And even if people strongly disagree with the idea of jury nullification, it'd be nice if they are aware of it as an option, you know, as it is now, if I'm going around talking to people and I talk about nullification, they don't generally, they don't know what I'm talking about. Um, that would be something I would want is to it to be a, a, a real option for jurors to think about and consider uh, because you make an immediate impact on someone's life. And it also, if the government is bringing these cases and spending all this money and doing all this uh, investigation and, you know, they have all kinds of resources to trap people. If they bring it to trial and it's, and it's either a mistrial or a not guilty they're going to really start to think twice about doing it because they're wasting their time. Now, maybe not, maybe it's just a jobs program and they don't care, but I think they do care about convictions. Um, it's certainly not good on someone's record as a prosecutor. If you're, if you said he tried all these drug guys and convicted none of them, like that wouldn't be good politically. Uh, so, so that's one thing I'm going to focus on, you know, in this year is jury nullification and try to come up with some stories and find people who have nullified, and uh, see what they think and uh, really try to start spreading that word a little more because it, it's so important. Yeah, I think that's hugely important. Um, like you said, it, it's an immediate impact on someone's life. They're expecting to go to jail for who knows how long and then they're not. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I, I can't imagine being in the, uh, in the seat there and thinking you're going to, going to be locked away for a very long time and then just hear, yep, we not guilty and you get to go home to your yeah. family and everyone else. Um, and, and think about that. Cause I know, you know, a lot of people listening have had jury duty before and everyone wants to get out of it. And everyone says, I'm just going to go in and say, I'm a racist and say, I'm an anarchist and say, I hate the system, but think about it. If you can take a couple days at most trials last a couple days, most of them aren't really long, but if you can take a couple days out of your life and make a, a re, potentially a life-changing i mean it is a life-changing impact on someone's life think about that and think if you can get on that jury maybe you should and just nullify it just go in and say not guilty um you really make an impact on someone's life and if you're not there that person goes in a cage for doesn't matter how long six months six years 60 years if you can get them out that's huge yeah and to your point that they're not going to prosecute things anymore. And I completely agree with the idea that they're trying to get their numbers up. If you look at any, any 
prosecutor that's running for political office. And that's that's what they run their commercials on. We're tough on crime. We locked away, blah, blah, blah. They can't use that metric or their their opponent can say, oh, we only had a 40 percent conviction rate. Oh, that's not very good. They're not going to get in. Right. Um, and with the Fugitive Slave Acts, that's how they stopped. Uh, that's how they made that not be a law anymore because they couldn't get convictions anymore. Right. Um, and, and, you know, there's just a lot. Yeah. I don't think, yeah. and, and with, with, I mean, with harder drugs, like using the war on drugs as, as, an, as an example, for harder drugs, it's, it's going to be more difficult maybe. But for things like marijuana, I don't know that there's like anyone that thinks that marijuana should be illegal anymore. Like even my parents, who if you asked them five years ago, they'd be like, no, it's, you can't, no one should smoke pot. Not that they're smoking pot. Or not that they would want, they would think it's a good idea, but they don't care anymore. But here's the problem though. Until then, like say someone like my mom uh, gets jury duty and it's and it's a marijuana charge and she gets told, well, having marijuana or doing whatever related to marijuana is against the law and you have to, is this person guilty or not guilty? And she might be sitting there saying, well, it's, well, they broke the law and they're saying I have to convict. So that's where it's important, especially now, is, is to make sure people understand that when you're on a jury, you're not only judging the guilt or innocence of the defendant, but also the law. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I want to get out. I, I, not that I have the power to spread this thing, you know, worldwide, nationwide, but even if just, you know, the people I come in contact with, the people who listen to our podcast, uh, people who read our blog, at least can see how important it is. Even if we get one person to nullify one jury, that's a huge, huge impact on someone's life. I mean, that's an immediate impact. And so, um, you know, in the general, general population, um, you know, the normies out there, and I know this is the case. They think someone's on trial, they're guilty, and they don't look at the facts of, you know, over 90% get plea, plea, uh, plea deals. They plea to shorter time in prison because they get overcharged. And, yeah, most people think you, you do a crime, you get a jury of your peers, and it just doesn't happen. So even even if you're not an anarchist and even if you don't uh, – you know, like the idea of jury nullification, think about that, go do your own research and see how many criminal, uh, charges get, uh, get, get plea deals. And so innocent people are playing because they're scared of the, the ma mandatory minimums they're facing if they're convicted by a jury. And instead of thinking, well, they're on trial, they must be guilty. Think, wow, they're fighting this. They must have a really good case and at least hear them out. Even if, even if you don't want to nullify hear out the defense because there's a reason you fight it. Most people, an overwhelming majority just plea because it's very scary to fight a charge. Yeah. The more I hear about individual cases, the more I realize that, that just how messed up the system is. Like it's, it's it just from top to bottom. And that's one of the problems is that we think, or a lot of Americans just think that the justice system, they take it at face value that you're going to get justice. And when, when there's an issue, you know, there's a video of someone getting abused by the police because they wouldn't follow the orders that police were giving them. And they say, well, just, uh, 
if you're innocent, then you have your dang court and you're gonna, you know, if you're innocent, you'll be, uh, yeah, you told to a judge. Yeah. That it doesn't work that way. It's, it's so stacked against you. It's, yeah, it's I, ridiculous. It's a, there's a reason why the United States is the biggest, uh, prison population in the world. Yeah. Per capita. I mean, overall and per capita, you know, it's, it's not like, <laughs> it's the land of the free and we have more people in prisons for, for victimless crimes. I mean, it, it's, it's awful. And, uh, so I think, I think for Christmas, I'm going to do that. I'm going to look a little bit at the history of the criminal justice system and why these laws are so all encompassing and really focus on joint nullification, um, as well as Bitcoin and, and, and other ways we can make immediate impacts because I think anyone, most people listening to this podcast, um, probably have extreme views in a sense. They're not in the mainstream and anyone who is, you know, an ideologue wants to make change, wants tangible change. That's why they believe what they believe so strongly. Um, that's one way you can really do it. And so, uh, think about that next time you get jury duty, instead of saying, I'm going to get off this jury, say, I'm going to get on this jury. And then I'm going to be in a room deliberating with 11 other people. And uh, I'm going to get these guys not guilty and or or at least a mistrial. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I want for Christmas. I think that's a good one. I'll I'll give a little Christmas gift that I want for libertarians. And and again, it's kind of similar to yours in that it's maybe more of a New Year's resolution. And it also has to do with me, but trying to be more empathetic with people. Uh, and I think we say this a lot and, and, and we say, at least I say both things a lot. One's like, yeah, sometimes you got to hit them over the head with a hammer. Sometimes mm -hmm. you got to be really patient and just to, I guess empathy would help you decide whether you should do that or not. Um, but especially on the internet, on Twitter, I don't really use Facebook much at all anymore, but Facebook is another one where people just take the gloves off and just start pounding as hard as they can. And it may work for some people. It may work for, you know, when you see the drive-bys and uh, someone who's just kind of lurking sees it. And so oh, I, I agree with, with that guy. But I've had situations, even on the internet, where you're patient with someone and you can actually kind of turn them around a little bit. You're not necessarily going to convince them that you're right. But at least they'll say, oh, you know what? I kind of get what you're saying. And not everyone's going to be reached. But when you have someone say like, oh, I think libertarians do blah, 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 and, and you and you just have to respond to them, give them a shot, maybe. See what they say. Come back with something. Oh, well, we actually believe this instead of just calling them stupid or an idiot or bootlicker. Um, I, I do Which that. Which is fun. When yeah, I do that. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that uh, I'm yeah. perfect in this. I, uh, this is <laughs> I guess this might be the gift for myself, too. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, uh, and and some and a lot of you guys are very funny, and uh, it's fun to do. So you know, keep it up. But yeah, oh have yeah, some empathy it's, too. It's, <laughs> try to. I guess we just need to pick our spots a little bit. Um, yeah, you don't want to. It's tough. It's tough, and that's why the internet is great, but also <laughs> so terrible for that. Because I guarantee all these people that are, uh, you know do the big song and dance on Twitter and, and just, you know, immediately start ripping someone apart. If you had the same person face to face, I'm sure they would be very patient and listen to them and actually have a conversation. Um, 
And I think that's one thing that we do kind of well, um, not always, but try to take our internet um, interactions the same way I would take a person in real life. Mm-hmm. I try to do that. Uh, not always, but. Um, yeah, I also, much I also threaten to throat punch people who make fun of fruitcake in real life. So. Yeah, exactly. That's I'm what I'm consistent. saying. Like you are consistent. That's <laughs> what happens. Um, if someone doesn't like fruitcake, you, you know, start throwing stuff around the room and getting real aggressive. So True. that makes sense that you would do that online as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any other gifts you want to give? Um, I don't no, do you, no, Do you have any ideas? Yeah. How about we uh, send the gift of, uh, being able to produce a listenable podcast to the uh, Friends Against Government people. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's, uh, man, we're really punching down there. Yeah. I don't know why you're worried about them. I'm not. Okay. I'm just trying to have empathy and, and express how the rest of the world feels. Because um, I, I was actually, I, I had, I forgot for a second when you said Friends Against Government. I'm like, what, what is that? Po- I don't know this podcast. Is that some small libertarian podcast? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it didn't make sense because it's not something we ever listened to. Yeah, exactly. It's not like, I mean, if you said Tom Woods, it's like, fine, we'll get him. Maybe he should have a listenable co- podcast. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I wish, you know what? I wish best of luck to whatever that podcast was you named, Friends Something. I wish them good Friends luck. Friends Against and, Anarchy, I think. Yeah, it was something like that. I wish them good luck next year. Hopefully they do very well. Um, and hopefully it's listenable. I don't know. I, I wouldn't know. but Well, if no one listens to it, we can't say it's not listenable. True. So maybe they do have one. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll never find out. Uh, okay, free market success. Do you have one? Um, no, go ahead. Do you? Do you? Yeah, I mean, since we're, yeah. Since we're talking about podcasts and and how there's just so many of them. Yeah, and, and yeah. literally anyone can make them as long as you have an internet connection uh, and a computer and something to record and hosting. Um, but there are free options for hosting. Uh, like I remember when podcasts first came out, I was just like didn't understand, or when I first not first came out, but when I first heard about them, I just didn't understand the concept at all. I was like, why in the world would I listen to it? So I remember, uh, wait, someone wants to record themselves talking and then play it. Okay. But even like bigger, I remember on, uh, like, uh, terrestrial radio shows, like the morning shows, it always just like, Oh, go to the website and check out the podcast. I'm like, well, why would I listen to the podcast? And I could just, I could turn to the on. radio. Yeah. Um, but I mean, does anyone listen to terrestrial radio now? I'm sure they do. I mean, oh, I'm sure they, they do. do but and people do at work, you know. That's the only time I listen to it at work is when I'm in a work truck. Yeah. I'm driving around. I just flip the radio on just so I have noise. But I know, especially, yeah, people play them in their office, play the radio in their office. You got guys on the job site painting. Right. Whatever. They got the radio going. But yeah, I mean, I in my car, I almost exclusively listen to podcasts. Yeah. Podcasts and Spotify for me. Um, but, uh, no, it just, it, anyone can go on and make something and if people find it interesting, they can just download it. And most of these things are, are available for free. There are some podcasts you got to pay for, but Hey, that's, that's part of the, uh, the market. And if people, enough people want to buy 
uh, a podcast, that's awesome. I mean, it's another opportunity to uh, create wealth and make the world a little bit of a better place. So, um, yeah, I think this this podcasting movement is pretty awesome. And who would have thought if you had a central planner deciding how to allocate resources? Like, why would they ever, even if he was like the smartest, best guy, nicest guy in the world, why would he ever say, hey, we should like start figuring this out? So, uh, looks like I lost Slappy on the, uh, on this call. Uh, he's texting me his, his laptop battery died. All right. Well, here's where I get the opportunity to say what I really want for Christmas. And is that I am looking, what I want for Christmas is a new podcast host because he's made fun of fruitcake and stuff and tractors enough time that, you know what? He's gone. And uh, now I'm getting this buzzing, which might be Santa Claus telling me I'm on the naughty list. I'm not sure if it's coming through for you guys. So I'm going to wrap this up now. Uh, show notes page for this episode is mcflugel.com slash 124. Uh, go sign up to the email newsletter and you will get a discount off at libertymugs.com. Or if you just go straight to libertymugs.com right now and you get uh, your order in before the clock strikes midnight, for Christmas morning, you will get 15% off your purchase if you uh, use the coupon code CHRISTMAS. Uh, that's it. So have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you in a week. Have a good one.